You're listening to What Did They Said About Music? The Beard on the Shoulder of Pirate Radio with your host, Bob DeVay, your personal music pusher. So get high on his supply. And uh, I remember when I was in that little bitty radio station and I was playing all those rock and roll records? Well, that's what I'm doing right now. If you can visualize that, that's what all of us in radio do. Did you hear? 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 What do they said about music? First thing on my bullet point list. Record companies like stuff that fits neatly into formats. You know why? What makes an artist or a band instantly signable? What is going to cause them to call you up and say, we are interested in signing you? Beg, plead, have sex with them, whatever you have to do. And that's what labels are looking for. Musicians have a tendency to want other people to do stuff for them. If I sign with this record label, my work is done. All I have to do is be really good as an artist, and then I sign the deal, I make the record, everybody fawns all over me, and they do their little magic stuff, and the next thing you know, I'm a giant hit. So you've got to be one thing. So remember that. You really want to be just one thing. How do you decide what that one thing is? I would say... Pick the genre of music that you get the most compliments about. Prove that with documentation. You have that person's attention. What's happened in the last 10 years, in the last 7 years, um, recorded music sales have declined precipitously. And we can know, we don't, no one sells 8 million, 10 million, 12 million. Uh, I think Miley Cyrus has sold 3 million, and that's the biggest in the last couple of years. So when we sign a new artist, there's no longer the hope or the expectation that we're going to have those revenue streams. So we say we want to share in the other pieces of your business as an artist. You're going to, you're, we're going to help you become a superstar. We're going to put our promotion team behind you, our publicity team behind you, our marketing team behind you, our international team overseas, the whole group behind you. We're going to spend dollars. We're going to sell records, not $8 million, maybe $1 million. But if you then become a touring superstar... We want to share in that with you because we've invested in, your, in, in the start of your career. And if you sell t-shirts, we want to share in that. And if you become a spokesperson for a major brand and they put you in their commercials and they pay you to do that, we want to share in that too because we're the ones who are investing the money to record your music and the money to market and promote your music. So it, it's a way to share in the whole, in the whole, the whole pie. This is Pujol, and you're listening to What Duvet Said About Music. The old way, when it is not the new way, when it's just the same way, and when it is what it is, what it is, and it's too safe now, it's too safe now, it's too safe now, it's too safe.
are Davidians, and welcome to What Duvet Said About Music. I am your host, Robert Bob Duvet, coming to you from the new radio city, the epicenter of podcasting, the kitchen of my apartment in San Francisco, California. And I'm really, really happy to be with you again this week on the podcast that is always free. It's DIY. It's punk rock here. And it makes perfect sense that our guest today is Daniel Pujol. You heard him in the intro. You heard his band Pujol doing Too Safe. You heard a lot of blowhards from the record industry telling you what needs to be done and what needs to happen in order to become a huge, giant success. I say bah. And that's why this episode of the podcast is so special. I was able to sit down with Daniel Pujol and talk to him for, God, a good 45 minutes to an hour. I'm going to be playing, oh, about 40 minutes of that interview. Some of the stuff I just could not air. It was just too, uh, too volatile, too intense. Now, he's a great, thoughtful interview, and uh, we talked about all kinds of things. We talked about music. We talked about recording, a little bit about South by Southwest coming up, of which he is playing, and I expect him to emerge as one of the, one of the big artists to kind of really uh, slay people out there. So you're going to get a jump on that by hearing his music today. And uh, we're going to play a lot of music by uh, bands that inspired him, bands he's played with, bands that remind me of him. I'm going to jump in a little bit. And like I said, I want to uh, give you out some information, uh, some thank yous to people that helped make this show happen. I want to thank Tristan, who I interviewed a couple episodes back at issue 18. She turned me on to Daniel Pujol, and I thank her for it because I really enjoys music. It's right up my alley. So thank you, Tristan, for that. He had a lot of kind things to say about you as well. Uh, I want to thank Nashville's Dead. It's a blog out of Nashville. It keeps me current and up to date with what's going on in what I think is one of the best music scenes in the country, bar none. And you're going to hear why today when I play a lot of the bands that are coming out of that scene. So I will link up to Nashville's Dead on my blog so you guys can go to it. Really worth checking out if you want to stay in touch with a great music scene out there in Nashville. Uh, I also want to thank uh, people over at the Nashville scene, especially the blog Nashville Cream, that also mentioned our show. And I need to apologize to Dewatuzi. They are not from Mississippi. They are from Nashville, and I will be playing some of their music a little bit later in the show as a humble offering an apology. I don't want to talk too much, but I do want to give you some information. You can always call us at 415-937-0445. That's 415-937-0445. Give us a call. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, you can write to us as well at said at gmail.com. That's said at gmail.com. All this can be found on the blog, www.whatdubaysaid.com, where you will find a review of the Abe Vigoda Wild Nothing Show at Pop Scene. Sold out show. Great show. Great review. I, I, I'll give myself props on that. And uh, later in the show, I'm also going to be reviewing Heartless Bastards and Drive-By Truckers, who uh, played the Fillmore here in San Francisco Friday and Saturday night. I saw them on Saturday. Another amazing show. What else can I tell you? Oh, I'm going to feature a band called Olin and the Moon later. They're going to be playing at the Hotel Utah on this Wednesday night, I'll be checking them out. They're a really good band. They're playing South by Southwest as well. I expect a lot of uh, buzz coming about their performance there. But let's get into the interview, shall we, with uh, Daniel Pujol, like I said, an emerging uh, talent out of Nashville. 
Really, really excellent songwriter. Got a great perspective, great sense of humor. I think that all comes through here in the interview. So without further ado, I am going to jump to it. It was done over, uh, we did it over Skype or iChat. I think we did it over iChat. So if there's a little hum or a glitch here or there, you know, bear with it. I think it sounds pretty good, though. I think you're going to get the gist of everything. And I'm going to play that. We're going to mix in some of his songs. And I'll talk at you a little bit later in the hour. But without further ado, I give you Daniel Pujol. I'm really excited to be here with Daniel Pujol, Nashville's own. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, music, get a history lesson on him, talk about his latest recordings, what his plans are for the year. And uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier. He's been on the tips of everybody's tongue I've been talking to. So let's just find out a little bit more about the man here. Uh, Say hello to the folks. Oh, hey. How you doing? (laughs) Um, You know, my first question, I'm out here in San Francisco. And uh, I'm trying to bring, I think Nashville has one of the most diverse music scenes in the country right now. But so much uh, of it gets wrapped up in its kind of like traditional country sort of, you know, banner. And uh, I'd love to just find out a little bit about, um, you know, how you came to Nashville, what your view is of, of, you know, the scene that you're a part of out there. And, uh, you know, just kind of a little background about uh, how you started playing music and whatnot. I'll just give you the whole spiel about that. Do it. From from the beginning to, to right now. From um, from birth until right now? From birth until right now. <laughs> from cradle until right now. Um, 2004, uh, I graduated high school, and I lived in Tallahoma, Tennessee, and that's kind of middle of nowhere. And uh, when I was 17, started being able to come to shows, rode with my friends, and um, started hanging out in Nashville, and uh, there's like a YMCA-esque kind of music venue here called Rocket Town, and um, like predominantly they do like CCM stuff and like metal hardcore stuff or whatever, but I started volunteering there because they would let you volunteer, and eventually that led to me getting a job so I could make money so I could live in the city, and uh so I started working there part time, and uh, there's there's an adjacent college town to Nashville called Murfreesboro. I moved there after Tullahoma, and um, I kind of would just commute back and forth between Nashville and Murfreesboro, trying to find people to play with, and um, started hanging out with uh, this graphic artist named Josh Bright, who uh, he did a lot of stuff around town, and uh, we decided to move to Nashville together. And um, sort sort of do like a, a show house or like a art house or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a couple of shows there, and it was called Hammer House. And I started uh, recording in there. And um, the recording, some of the recordings that I made in there ended up evolving into the first band that I did in town, which is called Meemaw. And um, after Hammer House, we went and we did our own show house that was called Meemaw House. And... Um, we started, you know, booking a lot of basement shows and getting bands from around the country that we liked to come and play shows with us. We get to, you know, hang out with these bands and learn about the tour culture and all this kind of stuff. And we had like a, a band from from California called Dangers, parkour band called Dangers. I don't, I don't know like, them. No, I saw you play yeah, with No yeah. Bunny though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we played with No Bunny. Yeah, uh, Dangers is really good. You should listen to Dangers. And like. 
we did Screaming Females, and those were like my two favorites. Okay. And uh, and then uh, me and Moss, we started booking some shows with a uh, band from here called Jeff the Brotherhood. Yeah. And uh, Mima and Jeff did a lot of shows together for about a year. And then uh, Mima sort of evolved into my thing and then the bass player's thing called Natural Child and the drummer's thing called Heavy Cream. And now we just like all kind of do our own thing. Gotcha. But it's basically I'm in Tarantino House shows and now I'm talking. <laughs> you know, it's funny because when I was reading reading up a little bit, it just the I guess the the refrain is that you're in about like you know a hundred bands. So is, is that common? Is well, it like- yeah, we, yeah. Every everyone does bands with each other. Like the guitar player from Jeff and the bass player from Natural Child and me. Sometimes we do. Uh, you know that band Hawkwind that went me from Motor. Yeah, Hill, yeah. Yeah, we it's kind of like Hawkwind, but it's with outer space, and it's called it's called Saigon Baby. <laughs> we did a, a record together called Cyber Sex Offender, and uh, <laughs> it's really funny. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm in I'm in like a three piece called Skunk Ape, and uh, like Mima. Occasionally, if we have time, we'll do stuff. And uh, I do another thing with the bass player from Natural Child called World Peace, and um, I think I think that could be it. I'm th- I, I personally, I'm thinking you shouldn't be allowed to corner that many good band names, but you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> so, uh, uh, World, World World Peace was my was my favorite one. That is I a good really, one. <laughs> West were really stoked on that one. We're gonna we're gonna have an album. It's called World Peace. What's next? <laughs> and, and then I played drums in Denny and the Jets for a while, and then he and he played and Denny played drums for me for a while. I think that could be it. So now in 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 your band now is it um is it a pretty much a set lineup or like are, I know you when you record you play a lot of the instruments bring people in but is uh like is the Pujol lineup set something that's kind of like you know. It's not, it's not, it's not set. It's, but I mean, it's like as set as, um, it can be for whoever, like whoever wants to do it as long as they want to do it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're able to do it, as long as you want to do it, let's do it. Gotcha. But it's, it's never, it's never any of this like, what about the band or anything like that? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I mean, you know, the, the cost of living here is pretty low, but I mean, it's still you know, these dudes are working like one or two jobs, you know? Yeah. That's, so you got, you got, you got to allow flexibility. Um, if you want to keep things positive and, uh, be able to continually move forward without having to be a douchebag. I hear you. No, uh, it's funny because I just talked with somebody, I don't know. Are you familiar with, um, a band called the fresh and onlys? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. just talking with them and, and it's the same thing. It's a struggle. You know, a lot of those guys are involved in different projects, but the the big struggle is just paying the bills, going out on the road, coming back to an apartment, not having to start over every time. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's a common, common refrain.
you a little bit, you know, when I've, when I've talked to people about your music and what, you know, what it is they like about it, one kind of name comes up that they, you know, the Paul Westerberg, they say like, oh, you know, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Paul Westerberg, you know, from the replacements. And I just wondered, you know, I, in your music, you know, I hear a little bit of that sort of ramshackled, unhinged part, you know, and definitely lyrically, you know, you write great lyrics. How do you feel about like kind of being compared to somebody that's, you know, whatever means so much to so many people? Um, well, placement stuff, I haven't got to listen to a lot of it, but, um, I liked it. Um, Wes and Zach from Natural Child, they, they let me borrow some of it. It's fine. Yeah. But it's not, it's not like anything that was ever in your, uh, in your mind, you know, growing up like, oh yeah, I love the replacements or whatever. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hear the replacements until, uh, until... I heard that that's the the one song uh, that like the lyrics of the song or like what's that song or whatever. And me oh and yeah, yeah. And Alex and Chilton. Zach, yeah, me and me and Wes and Zach were uh, when Wes is in town, he works as a home inspector, and we were gonna go. He was gonna go inspect my boss's house, and him and Zach had burned that CD and listened to it. As we and we all we all got into replacements and Thin Lizzy at the oh. same time. Now you're speaking my language when you say Thin Lizzy. Thin love that band. And I know you love vinyl like me. There's there is there are many many seven inches and uh, but they're all kind of tied in together into prod, uh, like projects that uh, consolidate them. I just did uh, three seven inches that are off of a album called X File on Main Street and. Uh, all of the artwork on those three seven inches comes from the same roll of film from this past Fourth of July, and one of them for the song "Bone Daddy" is a benefit for uh, one of, one of our friends here that uh, has accrued some hospital bills because they uh, they beat cancer, and it's going wow. to help pay for their hospital bills. And the X Files on on Main Street record uh, is going to come out on Infinity Cat at some time. I don't know when. And then all of the Turbo Time stuff, um, which is like a live at the same time and uh, like a Christmas split and um, and then this uh, the Mayday single. Um, that stuff's going to turn into a comp probably called TCB 24-7. I'm pushing for that to happen. But this, the Mayday song is, on, is not on that comp. It's on the next record that is like a studio, like a higher fidelity studio record that I'm working on at Battle Tapes that I think is going to be called United States of Being. And um, that I, that and TCB 24-7 are what I'm currently working on right now. And then you want me to talk about the... Yeah, I was just going to ask a little bit about uh, recording, you know, re-recording, I guess, Too Safe uh, with Jack, Jack White, how that experience was for you. How, how, how did that go? Yeah, how did it come about, and how did you, like, you know, like oh, working with okay. them? okay. Um, okay, well, it came about uh, in, like, September 2009, I think. I just sort of sent out an email, and I was like, I need a drummer that can tour. And um, I emailed their office, and the A&R guy, or, like, the... The guy, that head honcho guy, Ben Swank, emailed me back, and he was like, I'll let you know if I hear of anything. And then he started coming to shows. We started talking. 
and uh, eventually I went. We did the the No Bunny show uh-huh. with uh, the current the current band at the time, and um, the the No Bunny show went well. And to my surprise, it was recorded. Uh, I didn't know that <laughs> and that it was a nice surprise, and that led to being able to do the single, which was Black Rabbit, and then Too Safe on the B side. And uh, it, it was a great experience because up up until that point, it had been a lot of uh, I I never I never really um, worked in a studio. Uh, I, I'd done a lot of home recording. Uh-huh. I'd done a whole lot of home recording, and I had just started recording the X Files stuff um, at home and at battle tapes. So I, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, it, that was the first experience that I had where I was uh, I kind of got to learn how the linear process of recording and putting out a record, like you know, the the way that the grown ups do it. If that, <laughs> if that makes any sense, you know, it was it was good to be able to see that, you know. Yeah. And uh, and once you experience something like that, you know, I have an easier time um, being able to do it myself and and know what I'm getting into when I want to put out records with a bunch of people, you know. Is that something you think that you want to invest more time in, like going into whatever that pro studio setting and recording those kind of albums, or do you still feel right now you like the sound of, you know, the more lower fi home home recorded stuff? Um, it, it depends on the song. I think I think that uh there's certain ideas that work better um, that are, they're delivered better um, in a in a low low fidelity. With, with, I mean, it's it's a real it's really it's a textural thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's not really fidel. It's not like low fi versus high fi. It's like uh, it's like a texture. You know, like for instance, like if I if I use like a, a really low end condenser microphone, I can get a totally different vocal sound or a vocal layer than if I just do like. Uh, one take or a double on a really nice microphone, and it, and it just really depends on on how how you want to communicate the ideal. Or I mean, a good way to compare it is like there's two different versions of Too Safe. Like on the one that there's the video for that I did, I play everything on it. Um, and then the one that I did with Third Man, I got the live bands playing on it, and you can hear all their parts and how they interlock and change and do their own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, it's, you know, it's just kind of like, how, how do you want to communicate this idea and how, how do you want to present it? And uh, you can just get different sounds that um, and different textures. To, so, you know, you can just write one song. Like that Butterfly Knife song, mm-hmm. I uh, I tried recording that in a in a different scenario and it just it didn't feel right. Not sure. I didn't, I didn't like the way that it uh, came across. So I just, I did it the other way.
contribute to them, right? <clears throat> um, yes, I do. Yes, I do. If you could talk a little bit about, you know, how, you know, what that's all about and, you know, how you got involved in where, you know, I, people will have, know the link because I'm talking about it all the time. Okay. Uh, Nashville's Dead, it was a blog created by my good friends, Ben Todd and David Stein. And uh, I... When I, I, I like when I when I came back into town, there wasn't really um, a centralized uh, source of information for all the stuff that we we were doing, and uh, they they both took it upon themselves to sort of gather all the information in a way where people could just go to it and see it, and then it sort of evolved into like a coverage of it and a, a documentation of it, and. Um, and you know, and you know now it uh, it's like reflexive. It's like you can do something, you go do a show or something like that, and then um, it, it is documented and all packed up and put nice together in a way that it's easy for people to get to and understand. So you're not because I mean, no one uses friggin' paper flyers anymore, and MySpace <laughs> makes everyone's computer crash. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and uh, it's it's one place with all the information. Do you like and, uh, Do you like writing? And ben does it. I love writing. Yeah, I I love writing. It, it shows in it shows in the shredded. Yeah, I was gonna say it shows in the shreditorial uh, things that I've read of yours. I mean, there's a lot of fun with language, and you know, it, they're always really kind of thought provoking little uh, you know pieces on different things. So, did you have a, a background in writing? Um, I mean, I've I've, I've just always. Uh, been really interested in words i like i like uh no you know i've, I've always i've always written um my, my my mom's a creative writing professor <laughs> it's just like the whole and like all my uncles and stuff right uh -huh. so it's just it's always kind of been around i watch the fun news it does no such thing as that 
ask you a little bit too about uh, touring. I think we maybe touched on a little bit earlier, but any plans to come further west? The second that I can afford it. Nice. Are you playing South by it, Southwest? Oh, what Tristan said is true. Yes, I am playing South. What I'm playing South by Southwest. I'm playing a lot of shows there that I cannot remember where they are, but I know I'm playing the the Panache. The big panache one. Um, and so South by Southwest, I know, is a great place to kind of raise your profile a bit, have people see that, you know, probably haven't had a chance to. Do you as a musician look forward to those kind of, like, sort of circuses? Uh, they're, they're circusy. Um, I've, I don't know, because I've never gone to South by Southwest before. So this so this year, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, have a impression or a idea really of what it's going to be like. It's going to be, it's going to be warmer than CMJ. I've, I've done, I've done CMJ two years in a row. Um, I bet it's easier to find parking in Austin. <laughs> so it might be, it might be less of a circus. <laughs> I like um, that. <laughs> and all that to me, to me, like that stuff's like trying to find parking. Yeah, and then you, <laughs> you got to between trying to find parking. Yeah, you got to start with the, the the basic core survival. You need parking in order oh, yeah. to play the show. Oh yeah. Who do you like listening to? Who's uh, who should be on our radar? 
Uh, Natural Child, uh, especially Wes Trailer from Natural Child. Seth and Zach are also a natural child. Um, you know, I'm going to see them. They're playing out here March, like, 25th in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wes, me and Wes did bass in Meemaw, and he's, like, my my uh, musical Siamese twin, and uh, his stuff is really good. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't stop. World. I can't stop playing Nobody Wants to Party With Me. That, that song yeah. is just... Yeah. I've, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, so, so have we. You know, like, that's, that song, that song's not, like, made up. Um, uh, and, and this is a band called, they don't, they don't get to do a lot of stuff, but they're called So Jazzy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Ben, Ben Todd, who does Nashville's Dead, plays, plays bass in it. Um, and David Stein recorded a lot of their demos, and he has a lot of really great, uh, production ideas. And uh, the singer, Whit, Whit, Whitfield Smith, amazing lyrics. And the drummer, um, her name's Christina, and she is like a metronome, but but like the world's most tasteful metronome. Wow. Listen, you should listen to some So Jazzy. Well, you know, I, I definitely will, and we're gonna link we're gonna link it up onto the blog as well. I'm gonna you know make sure people can kind of get to all the stuff we're talking about. I was going to say, just as a comment, I'm always blown away by the musicianship and the songwriting of people you know, that are coming out of Nashville and bands that are coming out of Nashville. It's like, it's really impressive. And I was wondering, is that just because it's just so competitive out there as far as getting so much talent coming through town? No, it's not, it's not competitive. Uh, I, don't, I don't, if, if it is, it's a, uh, it's like pushing each other to be better uh we we just we kind of do our own thing and we kind of we have, it's like a scene within a scene and everyone sort of separately does their own thing too mm-hmm. um i don't i don't really whenever people start getting competitive it just kind of turns into like a country club or like some kind of stupid pageant crap uh-huh. you know what i mean and then it's like <laughs> yeah. what's the point of, what's the point of doing it anymore um ever everyone the way that I look at it is everyone gets to do their own thing and they get to write their own song and uh, and then we get to play the songs for each other and people happen to show up and it and that makes it more fun. But uh, I don't, I've never really uh, understood that kind of competitive stuff. But yeah. New, New, New Brunswick, New Jersey, um, they, they have a, a similar vibe where everything's like everyone cooperates and everyone's pretty nice and polite to each other for the most part. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like if, if you want to be a jerk, then you can just go wander out into the desert and not get any water. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. It's, it's not, it's not competitive. Um, because a lot of all the like country music and Broadway stuff, it's, it's got its own, it's got its own zone. I mean, the city's really small and it's everywhere, but, um, like, you know, everyone plays music. Like, everyone plays music wow. but um but there's there's like pockets for everyone to be able to do their own thing so it's it's not like like the punks versus the country people or anything <laughs> stupid like that you know uh-huh. what i mean it's it's like we we all every, everyone just kind of gets along because um i i don't know i guess like if everyone's playing music all the time it, it's sort of like if if everyone that's what everyone does so i, I don't yeah. you know 
it's like there can't really be like a coup, you know, if, if everyone's doing that all the time and different uh -huh. people like different music. So. I gotcha. I guess I'm gonna close it. I'm gonna close it out with. I just happen to know from reading up on you a little bit that you're a huge vinyl guy, and I am as well. And I'm currently trying to think about writing a piece about you know why I love vinyl so much. I just love to get like your your kind of uh, opinion of you know what it is about an actual record that makes. Uh, I've, I've seen a little. You talk about it a little bit, but you know what it is about vinyl that kind of does it for you. Um, it's, uh, well, one, the record plants here, United <laughs> record thing. It's, it's like right, you know, in the middle of downtown and there's, there's not a CD plant. I can't go sit down with someone and talk about it, putting my CD out or whatever. Um, I don't know if you're going to, if you're going to put time and effort into something and you're going to call it art and you're going to call it art and, you know, and it's not like. I have low self-esteem, and I like people listening to me. Blah 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 blah. You know, <laughs> like you, you can you can make uh, a record, and it can be a a physical thing, and it can have all. It can communicate in in many different ways. It can communicate visually. Uh, people call that packaging. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, it can communicate in. Uh, in the sense that you, you put it, you can't really skip around unless you are lifting the needle up and things like that, you know. And um, you know, we're all having to multitask all the time and that and that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's it, it, it 
to me, as ridiculous and heady as it sounds. Um, having to sit down with something and and go through it all the way through, that that's a big break in your day. In, in comparison to how, how you're expected to operate, you know, you're supposed to, you know, you're only supposed to eat in between doing stuff and, like, you're available all the time, you mm-hmm. know? So it's, it's, it's almost like in thinking in terms of what you have to do throughout your entire day, you know, what if, what if you sit down and pay attention to one thing for like 25 minutes? I mean, that's kind of, you know, if you, if you think about that, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that really is going to, um, disrupt and, and break the flow of, um, constantly doing frivolous crap all the time. Yeah. The opportunity to communicate with someone legitimately and also, uh, you know, provide someone or provide yourself with, uh, you know, an opportunity to uh, get yourself centered. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm amazed at how I can still – I have a good record store down the street from my house with a basement filled with vinyl. And I'll come yeah. home and I'll just – I can still sit and stare at the record for 25 yeah. minutes like I'm 14 years old. It, like nothing yeah. has changed. That experience has not changed for me at all. Yeah, I mean it's a, think about the difference between uh, like a hardback book and a, and a paperback book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and like some – like someone I don't hate CDs or anything like that. This 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 dude needed me to like help him with the school project and he turned it into an interview about how like I didn't like CDs or something but um it's like the difference between a hardback book and a and a paperback book. Like the the hardback book is made to where when you open it it can stay open, you know, and it, and it's going to last for a really long time and you can be there with the book and you're not fighting the book to keep it open and you're not cramming it in your pocket in between doing stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and of course, you know, it's not as portable and it, you know, could potentially cost a little bit more, but, uh, you're able, it's more conducive to you, uh, not like having a good experience as a consumer, but <laughs> to be able, you know, another, another human being wrote that, you know, and if, and if it's nice and it's static and in front of you, and you can touch it and feel it, and you're not fucking fighting it all the time while you're fighting time. You know, you have a better chance of, of being able to uh, grasp onto what the author of that, or authors, it's like an encyclopedia or something, are, are trying to communicate. You know, there's there is a whole wild, crazy realm of qualitative experience that human beings can 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 achieve and. Uh, swap back and forth with one another and it's not just like filling in bubbles and everything is quantifiable and everything and you know and what's good is what's possible you know what if what if what's possible is what's good you know there's yeah there's balance to everything you know like you got you got vinyl and you got iTunes you know and then you got CDs a gray area yeah um it just so happens that uh vinyl's easier and um i think colored vinyl is pretty and I like hardback books more than paperback books.
I know, you're a man after but, my own heart. But I also like I also like digital books though because um because you can you don't have to spend like a hundred dollars to get one piece of information. All all three phases of the medium are necessary. Yeah. But you don't but they don't but it's not like one is the official one and then one's a novelty. They all are e- they have equal utility in their function. Yeah, I agree. But the but the vinyl, like this is my this is Jeremy from Battle Tapes made this. Like this this is his uh hands down cool. Eugene record. It's a it's a whole you know they plan out the artwork and and they they screen printed liner notes, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a lost art it's, right there, liner notes. Sit down sit down and be with that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And now if you're on the go, you get a CD or the digital thing, and if you wanna sit down and like interact with some people indirectly, you can listen to the record, you know. Yeah. No, that, that's uh that, that really is my feelings in a nutshell. Thank you. Thank you for that. I needed that. <laughs> uh, no. thanks, thanks for asking it. Um, there's, there's, there's like you know sometimes you you feel like um, all of the, the 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 things that you can't like graph out and chart and 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 put numbers onto like they don't exist anymore or anything like that. You, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I, I know I do. Like, they do. They do, but you can't prove it. And that's and it's <laughs> like, but they're there because you can't prove it, but. Yeah. But it's almost at a point culturally where it's like, no, it's not real because you can't, because you well, can't prove it. I mean, this is on a, this won't make it into the podcast, you know, on a side, just conversation. But I was at a show this weekend. I went and saw like Waves and Best Coast played a show for Noise Pop out here. And both bands sounded awesome. They really were killing it and they filled up the room and it just sounded gorgeous. And everybody I was looking at was on their phone like yeah. either taking pictures of it or filming it or texting about like how great yeah. it was, but nobody seemed to be really like moving to it and, and yeah. you know and and really participating in it. And it was like it was driving me. I found myself like kind of tweaked because I was watching that, and then I was like, "What am I doing? I should be watching the show and not paying but attention." You're watching other. the people watch themselves texting about the show. Exactly, and I was like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, well, one, one, and and you can put slip this in there if you want to. Uh huh. But are you talking about like the texting at the shows and the yeah. cameras and blah 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 blah? One of the reasons I like to record so much is because you you can, you know, I'm I I want to be able to convey the good show feeling. You know, that's that's something real. You know, when you go to a good show, it's a big deal. Yeah. You know, and, and 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 I don't care if anyone's gonna try to downplay it and say it's just a show. I went on that monotonics tour and I'm my mind blown every single night. You know, and the, and those guys are like 40 and they're still killing it and they're just making a decision to rock. You know, mm-hmm. and they and they you know they're doing it for a human reason and they quit for a human reason and that's awesome. But um, yeah, I know I know about that, and and that's that's one of the reasons why a lot of people in the industry are like. The only way you're gonna make money is by touring all the time, and you gotta, you gotta make a record to sell on tour, and the record's just a product. And it's like, well, you know, if you're just like rehashing some crap to try to pedal it on tour like a friggin' minstrel, you know, like a traveling <laughs> minstrel or like yeah. some kind of like nomadic guy running from having to flip burgers or something, like, like what's the what what the fuck are you doing? Where's you know, the art? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing? 
you know? It's yeah. like it's like it's like what definition of being a human being are you subscribing to if you're if you're like all these people are standing in the room with me while I express myself texting about me expressing myself so people can know that they are associated with the vibe and aesthetic that that you know I'm riding the wave of and uh, I'm making records that will sort of supplement they're having witnessed it by them being able to prove that they were there so they can like drag a sound bite off of that to let everyone know through their iPod headphones being loud enough that they're into what's cool right now. Oh man. You know, yeah. you know I no, do. It's like, it's like I, I do. Watch your, yourself, watching yourself, watch yourself, watch yourself, watch yourself, you know? But it's but it's not but it's not that the Twitter Twitter Twitter's not bad. Twitter Twitter made Egypt work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you if it's 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 up to you deciding how you're gonna use it. It's and it's all opportunity to communicate. It's it's just a matter of you know, deciding if you want to uh speciously communicate, be like, dude, like we're at the house party. You know what I mean? <laughs> or if it's like if you wanna communicate, you know what I mean? It's like Dude, I'm like eating Taco Bell right now. I don't work sucks. You know, like <laughs> yeah. the opportunity. It's all opportunity to communicate, and, and you know, there's not a problem with Twitter or Facebook or MySpace or or any of that or CDs or iTunes or any of this kind of stuff. It's like, um, you know, they. It's how it's how you use them, and uh, you know, if you if you want to. Uh, talk about uh, consumer culture and democracy of the marketplace and all that kind of stuff, the the way that you the way that people use that stuff determines the function of it. So if you want to just use it to spout off a bunch of crap, you know, that's fine and that's what it's going to end up being used for. And if you want to keep your hands like ivory clean and, and run away from it and not use it, then, you know, all the great minds are just going to be like locked up in a punk house somewhere, not saying anything to anybody. So it's like social Darwinism ideas out there right now. It's crazy. I couldn't be happier to make your acquaintance. I look forward to hopefully, uh, my wife and I are planning to coming out in Nashville soon. So hopefully, oh, really? yeah, hopefully you're, you're out there and, uh, you know, we can have a beer together or whatever, but I appreciate you talking with me and, uh, have a great South by Southwest, man. I I hope that uh, all the shows are fun. Thanks. Uh, I think I think they will be. Um, and you have a good time doing all the stuff you do.
So there you go, folks. That was my interview with Daniel Pujol. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. I had a great time talking with him. And I want to get back into playing some more music. You've heard me talk plenty in that interview. You've heard a lot of talk today. So let's do the talking with the rock, shall we? Uh, once again, you are listening to What Duvet Said About Music, the parrot on the shoulder of Pirate Radio. And I'm your host, Robert Bob Duvet. And we are going to play... Gonna play some damn music. What are we gonna play? Let's play a little uh Mima into So Jazzy, and then we'll see what other trouble we can get into. Smoking in the sun, smoking in the sun, whole milk, red meat, smoking in the sun, smoking in the sun, smoking in the sun, whole milk, red meat, smoking in the sun. Red dress. 
That was Mima doing Smoking in the Sun, featuring Daniel Pujol, as well as others that he mentioned in the interview. And so jazzy, that band he was talking about. Very cool. Very jazzy indeed. All right, we're going to do a patented What Do They Said About Music triple shot next. As always, call us 415-937-0445 or write to us at whatdovaysaid at gmail.com. Go to the blog, www.whatdovaysaid.com, and you're going to find a bunch of supplemental material to go along with this podcast, because I'm good like that. All right, we're going to do a triple shot. We're going Thin Lizzy. We're going to play a little replacement, and then we're going to close it out with a band that I like called The Mises. Similar vibe. I think you'll enjoy. And then we'll get back into some more Nashville bands, and... uh See if we can't squeeze in all the stuff I promise. I'm a big promiser, but I'm a bad promise keeper. You know, the motto is guaranteed to overpromise and underdeliver, and I try to stick by that in my life as well as in this podcast. Chances on the outside I'm looking 
All right, that was a triple shot. We love our triple shots here at What Duve Said About Music. Speaking of triple shots, let me give a shout out to uh, our other podcast on the WDS network, simply called The Tank, and it's a triple shot of comedy. My buddy Jason and I host a little comedy talk show variety, dog and pony show. He in LA, me up here, us together via the wonders of technology. So go check it out. You'll find it on our blog, www.whatduvaysaid.com. You'll see links to everything, including a playlist to this show. All right, up next, I'm going to play the, as promised, Diwatuzi Apology song. It's a song called High School Babe. And I want to apologize once again for saying they were from Mississippi. They are from Nashville, Tennessee. They do good things out there. I know uh, some of them are affiliated with one of my favorite blogs, nashvillesdead.com. Go check it out. I'll link it up, and then uh, let's see. After that, maybe I'm gonna play. I'll play some dangers. I found them. I'll play. They're from the Bay Area. We'll spotlight the Bay Area. We'll play dangers. No bunny. And then I got to get into that drive-by trucker review, and I shall.
Alright, so I slipped in a third song. I I'm a sucker for the triple shots. All good things happen in threes for me. Alright, so you heard Diwa Tuzi doing High School Babe. We found a dangerous song called I Like the Way You Look, But I Don't Like You. No Bunny, Ain't It a Shame, out of Oakland. Dangerous from San Francisco. And last, Natural Child, Dog Bite, coming to San Francisco, Friday the 25th. I will be there. They're playing with Ty Siegel at El Ricon in the Mission. Good club. I'll write something about that. Hopefully I'll talk to the fellas. Um, tell them uh, Daniel Pujol said hello. And let's see. A lot of these bands are going to be playing uh, South by Southwest. It's going to be a crazy week next week. That's why I'm glad I'm squeezing in this podcast because I, I don't know what's coming up. I think maybe I'll talk with uh, Mr. Whiskey Pills, legendary San Franciscan Mr. Whiskey Pills and his fiasco. Had an interview with them, so I'll do that next week. So look forward to that. Um, let's see here. Play a little bit more music. Why not? I'm going to play some Drive-By Truckers. Or actually, I'm going to play a Heartless Bastard song. We'll talk about their, their performance. Then I'll play a Drive-By Trucker song. We'll talk about their performance. All coming at you now. not been wise but I have some really good friends I've been fortunate enough to find they get me through the lonely days when I want to stay inside myself get me out of my shell out into the world And I 
That was Austin, Texas's Heartless Bastards doing Hold Your Head Up High. They opened up for the drive-by truckers on Friday and Saturday night at the Fillmore here in San Francisco. And, God, they're a great band. Quality, quality, quality rock and roll. What a voice on her. Live, I was even more impressed because she just filled the room. And the band itself is really tight, super great. They have a fabulous guitar player. Um, they were really happy to be in the same town for two nights. They mentioned that a couple times. And I can see that. I can see why. Because if you're on the road all the time, you don't get a chance to enjoy these beautiful cities like San Francisco. So they seem to be really having a good time. They played close to an hour. They did um, a lot of new... It looked like they were playing a lot of new material off probably an upcoming album. So look for a new Heartless Bastards record to come out. The song I played is off... 2009, I believe, uh, The Mountain, which is a great record. So if you can find that, do so. But yeah, if, if half the bands in the 80s that were putting on makeup and wearing leather and flashing devil signs rocked half as hard as the Heartless Bastards did opening up for the drive-by truckers, uh, then they'd have, they'd have something to, uh, I guess, uh, you know, sacrifice to the devil. But as it was... The show itself was phenomenal. It was pretty full for the Heartless Bastards. They have a great uh, following, and I know they usually headline a place like the Independent out here. So they definitely are a band that deserves headlining status, and I'm sure they're one album away from headlining the Fillmore themselves. So, what can I say? I'm going to play Drive-By Trucker song while I get my thoughts together to talk about them. But I will tell you this. Two and a half hours set. I thought it might be more mellow because their new record, Go-Go Boots, is more mellow. It was not. They played everything. They played the barn-burning rockers. They played the kind of brooding story songs. Everybody had a whack at the mic. My boy Cooley just, oh, his name, Cool. It's in, it's in the name. He is cool. Anyway, let's play a drive-by trucker song. I'm going to pick something off their latest record, Go-Go Boots. I'll tell you what that song is as I search for it. And then we'll do a little quick review. And then I want to spotlight Olin and the Moon. And then I'm done. We are out. I need a drink, folks. Maybe I'll get a drink while I'm playing this song. was fresh out of college, first one in her family to go, and California seemed like heaven, Alaska, Tennessee was her home.
as the L.A. smog filled the air. And she smiled when the airlock opened, the Pacific breeze blew through her hair. That was a song called Pulaski by Mike Cooley of the Drive-By Truckers. And he's probably my favorite part of that band just because he offers a little tonic to Patterson Hood, who's the dominant songwriter. And he's a very good one at that. Uh, his, in fact, his songs live always creep up on me. And I remember why I like the Drive-By Truckers so much. It's because they have three separate songwriters all contributing and it's really great. And that's why they can play a two-and-a-half-hour set. And we really had a good time. There was a lot of drunks. There were drunks everywhere. I think people take the whole aesthetic of the drive-by truckers more seriously than the drive-by truckers do themselves. Um, There's a lot of people stumble-bumming around, which is a little annoying because, you know, hey, they didn't invite me to their party. But I'll tell you about the party the drive-bys uh, played. They played a lot of stuff off the new record, Go-Go Boots, but then they just played everything. Whole albums, you know, represented. 
I was just, you know, floored by their stamina on stage. It sounded great in the Fillmore. It always does. Uh, highlights were a song called Used to Be a Cop, which I played last week on my show. That's a good one. That's going to be in the set for a while. Uh, they did all my favorites. Marry Me, uh, the titles I can't remember, Little Burnt Out, Little Burnt Out from all the shows I've seen. So I'm going to keep this review brief. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Go see the Drive-By Truckers whenever they come to your town. They are worth it. And the Heartless Bastards really blew me away. Uh, I'd seen them one more one time before opening for Lucinda Williams, and I didn't pay as close attention. But this time, they had me. I was standing up front, riveted. So, great double bill. Great show. I am now going to switch gears, spotlight a band that would fit along nicely on a bill with Heartless Bastards and Drive-By Truckers. They're playing here Wednesday night in San Francisco at the Hotel Utah. They're also going to be going to South by Southwest after that. They're called Olin and the Moon. I'd like to thank Victoria at Weapon of Choice who turned me on to them. Great band. I think you're going to see why. They have a little bit of that early Wilco vibe going on. The drummer plays with Ryan Adams, so you'll hear that alt-country influence. But really good songwriter. I think they're from Sun Valley, Idaho. And I'm really hyped to see their show. Aren't you? I'm talking to my wife. She walked into the room. She doesn't like to be on these things. But she's hyped too, I can tell. I can tell by her texting and that, and that smirk she just gave me. All right, so we're going to close it out with a couple songs from Olin and the Moon. I should tell you what those songs are called because how are you going to know? And go look for their record because it is a good one. The record's called Footsteps. If you go to my blog, www.whatduvaysaid.com, you will see a wonderful little bit of a hype for their show and uh, there you go I'm gonna pause it cuz I can't find it I'll come right back okay I'm gonna play one rocker 15 Burro Blanco and one not so rocker called not in love both are great songs again the band's called Olin and the Moon from Sun Valley Idaho look for them to be making a big big splash in the coming year I think they were somebody's uh, you know spin magazine or somebody like that said uh, top 10 bands to watch in 2011. I can see why. And you'll see why too. I'd like to thank everybody for joining me on this fabulous podcast. I have been Robert Bob Dubay. You have been loyal listeners. I'd like to thank Daniel Pujol once again for the interview and uh, everybody out there in the internet for tuning in. We will be back again next week with the Whiskey Pills fiasco and the Whiskey Pills interview. More interviews. Guaranteed an interview here on this show. Not easy to do, folks. Let me tell you. It's an editing nightmare. I digress. Olin in the moon. Double shot. And we are out.
to that copper canyon Losing time, we gotta make it quick Sun's going down, man, I think this is it Ain't no
Keep hurting it 